It's episode 483 of the Locked On Texas Rangers podcast. I'm here joined by Grant Schiller, talk all things Rangers prospects, the Astros losing the World Series, and all that good stuff and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Texas Rangers. I'm your host, Bryce Paddock, joined today by the one, the only, the great OG Grant Schiller here via audio only because for some reason we are having technical difficulties, but he can still dispense his wisdom with his words. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. It's a... Uh... It's a good day, you know. Y'all don't have to see me, which is good for y'all. And uh, the Astros lost, so so everybody's winning today. Yeah, everybody important is winning today. Um, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Rangers your first listen of the day. Uh, also, if you haven't listened to it, go check out yesterday's episode. I interviewed Rangers prospect Zach Kent first. Um, well, I guess professional baseball, but you you are a baseball player more so than myself, but. Not at the profession of the professional variety. Not um, yet. Not yet. I mean, we're working towards the Rangers. I, JD, I know you're listening to this podcast like you listen to every single podcast of mine um, because you're a huge fan. Uh, but you know, Grant would be a great addition to. Um, I don't know. What do you What do you think you started about high A? I think I'd be ready for AAA. Um, you know, the gap between AAA and the bigs is bigger than it's ever been. So you got to think that I could handle the lower level. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you are one of a kind. Um, and I know this is a Rangers podcast and a lot of other things have happened, but like, I kind of want to start today with the biggest news that literally just broke before recording this. Buster Posey is going to announce his retirement. This will probably happen today as you're listening to this, or maybe it already happened last night um, after we recorded this. But Buster Posey is going to retire. It is absolutely mind-blowing. One of the greatest catchers of this generation. Um beat the Rangers in a world series. Um, but I didn't, I didn't hate him for it. He's only 34 uh-huh. years old, but like, I, I don't, this is an absolute shock to me, especially after the season that he had. Yeah. I mean, it's super sad. He, he just put up a five win season. So like he sat out in 2020 with COVID, uh, the year before that 2019, he wasn't the same guy. He was still very good defensively, but this last time was 257, 320, 368. Um, so it really had been, a while since we'd seen him at the top of his game, he comes back, he has this great year and then he's just gone already. Um, so it really just stinks. It makes me very sad. Yeah. And the wild thing, you said five win season. Yeah. At age 34 as a catcher. 113 games. He did that in a hundred and thirty, not even like a 160, 140, whatever games, 113 games. He had a five war season. That's absolutely insane. He is, you know, I mean, we know how great he is, but like reading off his accomplishments, he's an MVP, he's a rookie of the year, seven-time All-Star, won three World Series, a batting title, somehow only one gold club because Yadier Molina being in your same league, um, is it, it was just bad timing on him and a four-time silver slugger. This guy is one of the best catchers in Ever. baseball history. A career batting average of 302, 100, only 158 home runs. That feels like a little low. Um, well, he only played for, what, 12 years? Um, and he, he never, I don't think ever hit for 25 homers in a year. So it, it uh, kind of compiled right. 24 was his yeah. career high. So that makes, okay. 
that makes sense. He had 18 this year. He only had two 20 homer seasons, actually. Uh, one was the year he, the only year in like a, however many years, actually, well, let's see. From 2012 to 2018, he was an all-star every year, but 2014, he had an uh, 854 OPS that year, 22 home runs, the second most he ever had in his career. And he wasn't an all-star that year. I don't, I don't know what people were thinking, or there's some random catcher that had a really great season. Um, but like, what are you doing ever in his peak, not making him an all-star? Uh-huh. Like, that's just stupid. I mean, 2019, I mean, since he was, he had a bad year and that was a bummer. And it looked like he was kind of on the downswing. And, um, well, actually get one of the guys that helped turn around is now going to be uh, on the Rangers, the new bench coach slash offensive coordinator. Um, which is exciting and uh, a little weird that it's like offensive coordinator is his title. And like, you think, yeah, I always think baseball or, or I mean, uh, football, not baseball. When I think of the title of offensive coordinator and Donnie Ecker. Um, and he talked a little bit, I, I read a little bit about what he was doing and um, he was not doing as much coach pitch and using, you know, machines that throw game ready pitches. Um, mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think he's going to make a, as much of an impact as the Rangers? I mean, obviously, the Giants offense was kind of the toilet even just like two years ago before he really made his impact. Do you think he could get the Rangers anywhere near that level of offense? Or I don't know. Well, I don't know if they have as much talent, but I think <laughs> it's an interesting hire. I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people poached from that Giants organization this offseason, just given what they did with what they had. Um I do love the batting practice thing. I hope that the Rangers adopt it. It honestly seems like a no-brainer to me. To, I mean, you have these machines now where you can, at least to an extent, simulate what you're going to see in the game that night. Um, so maybe instead of having it be first time, second time, third time through, where you really get to get a feel for a guy, you can get at least a little bit of that feel pregame maybe. It's not the same, but it can simulate a little bit. Um, so I love that, that they do that. I hope the Rangers adopt it. And I, uh, I mean, I'm not going to turn down bringing somebody in from the Giants right now. Hopefully they got the right guy. It does make me sad that he's, I would assume he's just going to take Alec, Alec Berg's job, right? He was the offensive coordinator last year. I think um, so. So that, that, that part makes me a little bit sad. Yeah. Uh, Berg is, is, um, I think they came to like, it was a mutual parting of ways and Berg is going to go seek opportunities somewhere else. And I talked about it a little bit earlier this week, but like, <clears throat> and it's not that those guys were doing a bad job, like the hitting instructor. I think, I think they were pretty good at their job, but at a certain point, obviously like the talent level, I mean, there, there are some guys that are, like have the ability to be talented hitters. And, um, the thing that he did that it did so much improvement on hitting fastballs, I mean, if you can get a hold of Nathaniel Lowe and like, help him hit fastball significantly better yeah that might make me not hate that trade i mean it'd probably take a lot still but like i don't know he's definitely got something in there and he, he showed that this year not not as much as i would have liked and um but like i don't know he's definitely gonna bring some value and uh i'm, I'm kind of bummed that don wakamatsu was gone but you know guy they're bringing in seems like he's got some really great ideas and uh i'm really excited to see what that looks like with him doing that but we're gonna take a quick break we come back um we're gonna talk a little bit about what you saw at fall instructs um from some of these pitchers that were exciting and maybe not as excited from the hitters maybe we haven't gotten the the special uh ecker touch on them just yet um but first this word from our sponsors today's is brought to you by betonline.ag we're back and better than ever a new web interface for the start of basketball season which you know you were celebrating with your Hawk shirt that we could no longer see. So this joke no longer makes any sense to anyone but me and you. But, you know, 
most of my jokes don't land for anyone but me and like one other person. So I feel like that's, you know, right on the money. But Bet Online remains your number one sport for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new website uh, on desktop or mobile. Sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus for basketball, football, baseball, postseason, uh, not anymore. Um, but, you know, next baseball postseason, if you're there, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Now, you were at Fall Instructs um, last week on Friday, and uh, you saw some some people doing some they baseball did. things. Um, they did. Even Rangers affiliated, I assume? They Half of them. Well, that's solid. That's decent numbers. You know, what were, your, what were some of your thoughts? Who were some of the guys that you got to see? And um, had you seen them before? And, you know, what were no, kind of your yeah. general takeaways? So these are all lower-level guys. Um, well, they're all good. brand new to me. So if, for those who aren't aware, the Instructs, um, they sent like an instructional league team out to Texas for a week to play a bunch of local colleges. So they played Texas Tech first, then Dallas Baptist, Baylor, and the last game was TCU, and that was the one I saw. Um, so it was out at Lufton Stadium in Fort Worth. Really good time. They played 12-inning game, um, no cost. Um, it's a really good time Friday night. They uh, they started the game with Ricky Venasco, who obviously is a pretty big pitching prospect just coming off of an injury. Um, you know, it wasn't his – he didn't look the greatest that night, but at the same time, it doesn't really shock me. Um, he's a guy who, when he was drafted, was a – work in progress developmentally. Mm-hmm. They they quickly changed and saw or fixed his mechanics up and he gained a lot of velocity really quickly. Um, but he didn't get to throw that much before he got injured and he's just coming back from that. And he's coming back from his injury with probably 30 extra pounds of good weight that he's learned how to use. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that his mechanics were inconsistent, especially the lower half. So he's a little bit all over the place. Um, once he did find his mechanics toward the end of the outing, uh, the fastball and curveball looked pretty good. Uh, it was a 93 to 96 mile an hour fastball, topped out at 97. Curve was in the mid eights. It's a it's a power curveball. Um, a couple a couple of them were real sharp, so it flashed plus. Uh, he's a big kid. I mean, I think there's plenty to dream on there. I don't I don't want to take too much from two innings of an instructional league game as he's coming back from injury. Uh, but I see why people are excited about him. I also see why there could be issues and why it might take a little while for him to get it together. Um, so he started TK Roby was the second arm for the Rangers. Oh, I'm so jealous. I liked him a good bit. Um, I still don't really like the arm path very much, but he pounded the zone fastball and change up. The fastball was 93 to 95 topped out at 97, had some good life to it. Got some swings and misses with it. Um, he did break out a couple of curveballs, and one of them was pretty sharp for that one, too. Uh, his last pitch was a string and strikeout on a really good curveball. Um, the the other pitcher that I really found interesting well, before, was – Before you move on, yeah, from, go ahead. What, do you, what do you mean by um, what do you mean by arm path? What does that mean for – you know, someone yeah, who might not know uh-huh. what you're talking about. Not me. I know what you're talking about. But of like, course. I don't know, somebody. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he actually got injured this year, which wasn't surprising because of this arm path. Um hmm. So he, it was actually a little bit longer now than it was before, but it still wasn't great. So he just kind of floats his arm back, um, kind of cocks, cocks the ball where he wants it and then brings it forward. It's kind of a real soft 
it's just kind of real soft on its way back. Like there's no circle to the motion. It just kind of floats back there and then he, then he throws it. Um, mm -hmm. It, it's tougher. It's just tougher on your arm that way. Uh, so the first time I saw him, I kind of figured, you know, it's probably going to be an injury in here at some point. And then like two starts later, he got shut down. Luckily he didn't need to get Tommy John. He's back and he's healthy now. And he looked really good. Um, so there's still, there's still going to be some concerns with the arm path, but man, if that dude stays healthy, he's a good arm. That's solid. It's definitely encouraging. I really liked what I saw from him and from the stats wise in a limited <clears throat> time. And, you know, uh -huh. he was from that draft where it was just kind of felt like a real crapshoot. The Rangers seem to have nailed for the most part of these yeah. high school guys that they couldn't get evaluations on because of COVID. So um, definitely some encouraging stuff. Who were some of the other guys that you saw there? Um, if there were that many or anybody that like, yeah. stood out. Um, so the last arm that really stood out would be Emiliano Teodo. Uh, mm -hmm. I think he's a 20 year old uh, kid. They signed out of Mexico. He's a, he's a peer relief prospect, uh, but he's got, I mean, he's a long leg guy, really quick arm, looked to be a good athlete. Um, I mean, anytime you come out of the pen and you're popping 96, 99, topping out at a hundred with a high spin curveball, like you're going to turn some eyes. Um, mm -hmm. So he's a possible reliever prospect to look out for. The uh, the control command wasn't super there, uh, but he's also only 20. So you give some time for that to come along. And I think in rookie ball this year, he missed a lot of bats. He also walked more than you'd want. So it kind of checked out with what the numbers said. Um, but he was a really interesting guy. If he throws strikes and has some command, he's going to miss plenty of bats. Um, well, that's good. That's good yeah. to hear. I yeah, I don't think I'd ever heard of him before. You said something like about him. Um, well, literally just now. Just so now. yeah, uh, I had definitely... not heard of him before he came in the game, and then he hit a hundred, and I heard of him. Yep, <laughs> that'll do it. I mean, there, there's only so much scouting you could do with a radar gun, but like when it's when it's flashing triple digits, like all right, like uh -huh. I don't want right. to entirely rely on right. this, but this is this is something to right. to look at. Um, but speaking of radar guns, when I talked with Zach um, yesterday, I, I got I was asking him about his. Um, his arsenal because I'm like you, you can't really tell. I know he's got a slider, obviously, like that's the big thing, and he's got a fastball that is a four seamer. Uh, he also has a curveball and a changeup, um, which I, I found it really interesting just talking to him about like how he has such a unique like delivery of you know going almost slider first. Is that yeah? Is that something that we're seeing like more? And who was like? I mean, I feel like Lance McCullers is like the guy everyone thinks of, but like. Is there really anybody else that's doing that that I like can't like think of right now? Um, we're definitely seeing more of it. Didn't uh, I want to say Adam Wainwright was curveball first this year? Maybe I'm making it up, but I, I want to say be. he's he got was. a nasty curveball. So um, hold on, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna look this up on Baseball Savant. Um, Wainwright was 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 curveball first. We got 34 percent and then 28 percent uh -huh. sinker, which um, and and he had a really good year doing it that way. So I I have not seen Zach Kent actually. So that interview was very interesting to me. Um, but I'm really glad that he's comfortable being slider first. Cause I mean, you've got a plus slider play off that thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was interested to hear his, his answer about how I'm like, he's like, yeah, I use my fastball to change up. Like, well, then what's your, what's your change up? Like a super duper change up. <laughs> it's like a double reverse change up square. Um, but it's nice that he has four pitches and being, slider first and it being so nasty um i can't wait to see it in person um which you know hopefully next year i'll get to see it in person um because i 
I'm assuming he starts at double A. I, I think, I think yeah, that's what's going to happen. So. Um, I would think so. But like, and him, it's just fascinating to me of how he's like, he's like, I couldn't explain how I have such a good feel for the slider being like off speed first and like being such a low walk guy is, is definitely very encouraging stuff from him. Yeah. He, um, I know he turned a lot of heads this year. I was sad I never got out to see him. Yeah, I I am also sad that I never got out to see him. But I I got to see him and and talk to him much more than I probably would have if I saw him out there at Frisco. I mean, but there's only so much you can learn from from that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, still fun. I mean, it helps though. It certainly helps. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to uh, cover the bats real quickly from the instructs? There's not going to be much. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Who who is it? Who is it? Was there and. Who is it that you are um, disappointed in? Not not mad you're disappointed in them. Oh, I don't know that I'd say I'm disappointed in anyone particularly. I can say as a whole I was a little underwhelmed. Um, you know, I the ones who I thought had were interesting to some extent. I mean, I thought Daniel Cueva, who was a uh, J2 guy, I don't know, 2019, I think, was a little interesting. He's a young shortstop. Uh, looked like he had a little bit of power in the swing. Um, it was a quick bat. Jason Morabell saw a 95 up in the zone and turned on it, parked it. Um, he was another J2 guy a couple years ago. Those were the two big ones, I think, in 2019. So those two were interesting. Ian Moeller, the fourth-round pick this year, is a really good defensive catcher. I don't know about the bat so much. JoJo Blackman, this year's 11th-rounder, is super fast. I don't know about anything else. Um Cam Colley, Marcus Smith, Keith Ron Moss were all interesting. Aaron Zavala was there. He didn't look great. Um, so I don't know if you if you heard about what happened with him. Um, I didn't. I wasn't able to read the article. Um, okay, so basically there was a health scare. That's why he got half the money. There was uh-huh. a growth on like the base of his spine, okay. and uh, they thought that it was gonna like he would never play again. Like that he even start having trouble walking. Like. Wow, soon okay and then they got a whole bunch of other opinions from specialists and <clears throat> turns out it was like it was benign like they knew that but that was like the only good news at first and then they got some more specialist opinions and looks like they're just going to monitor the growth of the thing like it to make sure it doesn't grow but um there's not any they don't think it's gonna get bigger they're hoping not and it's not gonna you know hurt anything him playing okay. baseball uh-huh. so um so okay. he's like, I'm just happy to be, you know, playing and, and, you know, appreciating it. Not that he ever took it for granted, but like you have something like that. And like they only had like three days to solve the thing. So they could either offer him like 40% of the bonus um, or lose the pick and get a compensation pick if he didn't sign right. or get, you know, nothing. <laughs> so um, definitely um, I, I can't believe they handled it as well as they did. I mean, I would be just freaking out if i was on either side of that like i have no idea how to handle this like that would be a whole lot to put on anybody so yeah, um absolutely yeah so, just I mean, being there's great um also yeah. interesting that you brought up uh, ian moeller uh, evan actually um wrote a, a story about him and like the ridiculous lack of black catchers for the uh-huh. last like 20 years i think 2005 was the last time any uh black catcher caught more than like a hundred games or something like that and it's it's been literally that long and i'm like that can't be right but 
It is. How long did you say? How long did you say it's been? I think it's been like at least fifteen years. Fifteen years, damn. And even even okay. before that, like it, it was just like one guy, and there was like one guy in like the nineties. So it was like another like ten years before that, I think. Wow. Okay. So it's been it's been a long time, and so. Um, well, he's he's smooth back there. He can really catch it, um, and he also had kind of some catchery attitude at, attributes in that he. Uh, you know, just an instructs game against the college team. He was out there fist pumping and bringing the walking over to the pitchers and having little chats with them about how to attack um, between innings. And I uh, I liked what I saw from him defensively. Absolutely. But yeah, if you have a, a good personality and like you are, you know, fist bumping and all that stuff, and you're a good defensive catcher, that'll give you a ten year major league career right there. Yeah, I mean, if, assuming that the uh, auto strike zone doesn't come in, that's where it really, yeah. really hurts those guys. Um, so by the time he's ready, big league ready, his uh, skill set may be much less valuable. That would be a real bummer. It would be. But you know what's not a bummer? What's not a bummer? The Astros lost the World Series. They have that's now good, lost more world series than the rangers they have lost three the rangers have lost two also the rangers were never swept in a world series which the astros were in 2005 by the chicago white Sox. so um also both teams uh-huh. have zero championships yeah zero legitimate championships it's wild it's wild um, actually you know the rangers do have one um 10 years ago want to want to celebrate the uh the, the great uh, indy chavez catch yeah, the great Andy Chavez catch. You know, making that defensive switch was um, the greatest thing Ron Wadger never did. And um, him stepping away to spend more time with his family in 2014 and not for any other reason, um, that that was mm-hmm. a, a great personal decision. It's a bummer he hasn't been a, a major league manager yet. But um, also, I don't know if you saw the video, but they interviewed Wash right after the championship and he talked about the heart and soul of that team. And it's all about ass and elbows, which is an all time <laughs> great Wash quote. Like, I, I don't know why he said ass and elbows other than he's Ron Washington and that's just who he is. Um, so, um, congrats to the Atlanta ass and elbows. They got to rename their team to that right now. <laughs> they do. And let's, I mean, the tomahawk chop, they need to be more creative here. I mean, I know. Just, they they you, just do it so often. I know. So often. It's literally, it's like Come it's like boom, it's like Boomer Sooner. With, it is with, with, with OU, except yes. you know, a little more racially insensitive than Boomer right. Sooner. Right. Boomer Sooner is just boomer dumb. Sooner. Right. It's just dumb and annoying and played all the time, but not problematic unless you know, I don't know. Your father was a a, a wagon cart, um, in which case it's very insensitive, and they should change it immediately. They should just change it because it just fills me with rage. Because usually it's happening when Texas Tech is down by like fifty points. I'm like, can you just stop it already? Can you just stop it? All right. They will never stop. You've made your point. We've lost. But Jorge Soler, um, the first it, it, I've forgotten how many years. I think uh, Ken Rosenthal had the tweet of how long it had been since a Cuban player had won a uh, World Series MVP. But Jorge Soler had, you know, he came up big when it mattered most. And in this game, he had a three-run home run that was the biggest the biggest one of the game. Gave him a 3 nothing yeah. lead. Um, and unlike Sunday's game, when they hit a big home run with scoring multiple runs, three or more, um, in fact, like they did on Sunday, they added some more which I thought was smart, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I like smart it didn't, 
it didn't end up mattering because the Houston Astros were shut out. Um, and Max Freed was fantastic. Like I thought he really got way too much, uh, way too much flack, but he was able to go five innings in his last start, even though he, he gave up a bunch of runs. It would, they just singled him to death in that last start. Like he didn't really walk anybody. He still went five innings, which I think maybe four pitchers total went five, at least five innings. And I, I don't even think it was four. I think it was like, like four games where the starter went for like four innings or more or like five innings or more. I think it was just three. I think it was Max Freed and whoever he was up against in that game. And then uh, actually, no, I think it was four because Ian Anderson did it. Um, and then Max Freed went six shutout innings in the clincher. Um, and Will Smith came on for the win. Um, your, your Aggie boy, AJ Minter got uh-huh. his world series, uh, got to hold the world series trophy with a big old cowboy hat. And, um, you know, he gets to live down one bad outing that he had, uh, on Sunday, which I felt was, was good. And that would mar what he'd been doing so well for the entire postseason. That's the bad thing about being a reliever is like you have one bad outing, like your ERA, especially for a postseason. Even for the regular season, yeah. like two bad outings can like completely screw your ERA. Like it did with Jesse Chavez when he was a starter. And then like he went to the pen and was like just nails. And um, he also gets a ring. And so does Luke Jackson. And so does Ron Chris Washington Martin. now. Chris Martin. Um, Drew Jeff Smiley. Mathis. Jeff Smathis. Not Smathis. Mathis. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Jeff Stinkin' Mathis, but then I, I stopped. And it was just Jeff Smathis. So Jeff Smathis gets one too. Um, and Freddie you, uh, Freeman gets a ring. Do you remember who Luke Jackson was traded for? <sighs> I remember looking it up recently and getting really mad. Um, but uh, who, who was it? I, I, I know it was like a no, even at the time we we're like, just get, just take this guy. He can't, right. he can't do baseball. It um, was, it was, um, for Tyrell Jenkins and Brady Feigl. Oh, oh, you know, at least it was, you know, no, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad, bad at the time. Um, but hey, we got uh, we got Colby Allard for um, Chris Martin. That still felt weird at the time. Like I, I, I don't know how even that was. I mean, they've gotten probably more value out of Chris Martin than the Rangers have out of Colby Allard. But like, I don't know. He's been decent, but I don't. Know, he's one of those guys. I, I feel like I have him pinned, which I don't like. That I feel like I have him pinned at you know age what like 22 that he is even though he's been in the big leagues for like 18 years it feels like uh-huh. um, but you know so many former rangers uh you know charlie culberson's uh you know younger slightly more talented uh body double in uh <laughs> dansby swanson um also I, I get really mad at these freaking people who are like, oh, Danby Swanson sucks. Like, oh, I can't I can't believe it. Oh, it's kind of wild to me that he hit a 760 OPS, but he hit 27 home runs as a shortstop playing pretty solid defense and played 160 games. You know how much I would give for that? Just give me that exact thing. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I mean he, he oh may not he may not have lived up to the, the first pick expectations, but he's a good player. Yeah. He's a really sell. How did he have this low? In- okay, he hit, he hit two forty, and he walked like a decent chunk. Like his on base is about sixty three points higher than his his batting average. He slugged nearly four fifty. How do you only have an open? 
the math doesn't add up in my mind, even though it clearly does on paper. Like he had 50 walks. He just hit 248 for the year. But he had 27 home runs. I don't know. Brave fans, stop complaining. It can be much, much worse. Also, you don't get to complain for like, I don't know, like a decade after you uh-huh. win a championship. Like you get zero complaints for like a decade after. Then you can be like, oh, we haven't done it. If, even if you lose like, I don't know, 100 games every year afterwards. You still get like a decade of that. And then you're like, all right, all right. Now I'll listen to your complaints. Maybe if it's five years of, of 100 losses straight, then I'll, I'll start to listen. But I won't really start to feel bad until it's 10 years. But man. 100 lost season is is rough and that would have been just so miserable if the Astros won it when the Rangers lost 100 games like that I appreciate the baseball gods for like delivering us like that little bit of joy like we lost Joey Gallo this year not like he didn't die like he had to go be a Yankee which is almost worse almost uh, almost worse I mean not for him obviously but like I don't know they're being pretty mean to him out there but he's still you know being young and rich and um, famous in New York City feels like a good place to do it. But, like, we also lost a bunch of games, and they were kind of miserable to watch. And even the young guys didn't take as much of a step as I wanted them to, except for Jane Dunning and Taylor Hearn and um, a couple of you key others. Um, you were the great anomalies. But, you know, the rest of you, woof. But, man, that was a fun World Series. And, like, I wish I didn't have so much, like, anxiety with it because the Astros ran it if it was just like uh-huh. Boston be like oh look this is a great world series too really good teams and uh Boston really went for it and like they traded for four outfielders at the deadline and uh all four of them were freaking amazing in the postseason in their own right which is just is just really fun and a big hopefully I feel like you know since sports leagues are such copycat leagues maybe that'll be like that'll make all teams be like what if we just like freaking go all in tried to win yeah Maybe it'll encourage more of the ones in the middle of like, oh, you know, I, I am a selfish, greedy owner and I don't like spending money and uh, trading my cheap, cheap prospects. But like if I win a championship, then I get lots of money and they buy my championship merchandise and I get that money. And, you know, they throw money at me on a championship parade or I don't know, I get to bathe in hundred dollar bills, whatever owners do um, <laughs> when they when they win a world championship. But um, I don't know. Hopefully that'll make things better for the Rangers when they're most definitely sellers again <laughs> next year. Um, we sit through this all over again. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of fitting that Carlos Correa's last game with the Astros is a World Series loss. Kind of makes my heart just a little bit happy. Just a little bit happy. Just a little bit. But, man, I'm be- I'm sad now because ba- that means baseball season's officially over. And um, we're headed straight for a lockout in like a month which I'm not looking forward to. Um, but hey, I mean, they can't lock us out. We're not we're not on strike yet. Um, maybe we all be. I don't know. I don't think so. Are you are you willing to strike? I'm not quite there yet. Um, um I'll strike if it gets minor leaguers paid. I don't think that our our strike is going to be impactful though. No, I'm not sure that it will, but uh we'll try our darndest and I feel like us we're we'll threaten to to not go on strike, to keep being uh, right. doing this uh-huh. podcast like that. We will we'll, do we'll, the show until minor <laughs> leaguers get paid. <laughs> we will keep making podcasts until our demands are met. And so, which means we'll probably be keep making podcasts for a long, long time, <laughs> but you know, at least they're going to house them one step closer. And, um, Zach Kent's going to be in Frisco next year. Hopefully if we have a season, if there's baseball and if not, um, 
KBL, get ready because uh, I'm gonna screw up my sleep schedule and get really into you again. <laughs> Rather not, but you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. We're not there yet. We still have a whole month before we have to deal with lockout stuff and um, December madness and fun. Hopefully, gonna be a whole lot more guests. I'm working on um, a guest for next week. Not quite as famous um, or not as uh, you know good at pitching, but you know definitely around Rangers baseball for next week. But we'll we'll see what we get into there. Hopefully, some more interesting stories come out of Instructs and uh, the Rangers still have to hire hire a hitting coach. They already fired one, but um, they have to hire one. So. We'll see where that goes. Definitely a lot of fun stuff to do. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Uh, we got to name a random ranger to end out this podcast. Otherwise, the people will riot. Um, so, Grant, I know you had one last week, uh-huh. and I am already stalling and because I forgot to, who I had like prepared for this <laughs> week. Um, and maybe I'll find it in the time you're telling me about your random ranger. I'm going with Josh Roop. Um, pitched for the Rangers in 05, 06, 08, and 09. Totaled 132 and two-thirds innings. Had a 495 ERA. In those 132 innings, he struck out 75 and walked 64. Hit 13. So his walks plus hit by pitches were more than his strikeouts. Um, but you know, he he pitched. He was there, and he was a Ranger. He showed up. He made he an did. impact. Um. Man, uh, oh my gosh. I'm trying to uh was Ryan Gar Ryan Garko was mine last week, I feel like. Um I, th- I know I think- we mentioned him. I don't remember if he was your guy or not. I think he was. Um oh, oh no, I remember who I was gonna do. This is uh former Ranger gr- great uh Clay Rapata. Uh, oh yes. I felt really good about on some that. Playoff one. teams. Um, on one one playoff team, exactly. On a playoff team. Okay. Uh, in 2010, he pitched for the Rangers. He pitched for uh, in seven years, he pitched for six, five different teams: um, Detroit, Texas, Cleveland, Chicago Cubs, New York Yankees, Baltimore. Um, however many that is, I'm not going to math. Six. That is six. Okay. Um, pitched in 13 games, nine innings. So um, the rare uh, under one inning average for him. Um finished off two games, had a exactly four ERA, um, walked seven in those nine innings, struck out five, um, somehow an ERA plus of 116. He, Don't know uh, what happened. He did get a big out in the playoffs, I think, against the Yankees. Did he now? His future team, he didn't know in two years he'd end up being there. Um, but you're right. He had a zero ERA in three playoff games. Wait, how? how? No. No, this doesn't make sense. Okay. He faced one batter each time. Yep. Three yeah, he was, he was a loogie. Okay. Three games, three batters faced. Um, One out. One hit, <laughs> one walk, one strikeout. Wow. Um, Walks per nine innings, 27 in the playoffs. Strikeouts <laughs> per nine innings, 27. Um, Wow. What a guy. Um, his one out must have been a big one. Um, it was against the Yankees. You were right. Um, he also pitched in the postseason for the Yankees, the Yankees. twice. Yeah. Um, two or S two series. Um, one game in the ALDS against Baltimore and uh, four games against Detroit, um, where he got four outs because that's who he is. Looks like he faced multiple batters there, though. Um, but yeah, I feel really good about that random Ranger. 
Um, yeah. That was a good pull. I felt, I don't know why, but that, that name always stuck out to me. And it's like a, a pretty solid name. Clay yeah. Rapata, mm -hmm. like solid. Anyway, I feel good about that Rain and Ranger. I feel good about yours, even though I completely forgot who it was because I was too busy searching for mine <laughs> to be fully paying attention. Uh, because, you know, I am many things and uh, one of them is definitely prepared. I, I was prepared once this week. I was very prepared and I feel like I did a very good job. So, you know, maybe a little slack, uh, slacking, you know, for the rest of the week, but it's, it's here. This is, this is Grant's time to shine, not with his face this week, but, um, I don't know, maybe next time we'll get your face figured out. Um, I still don't have my own face figured out. So maybe asking <laughs> to figure out yours is, is a bit much, a bit of a tall order, but that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Rangers. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. Thank you, Grant, for providing your insight, your random rangerness, and your appreciation for baseball. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball offseason. <laughs>